Hello. Hi. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. Uh, it, my, is. it is. It mm-hmm. is indeed. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For another what? year or so, then it turns into a Golden Palace podcast. Right. And then after this. Well, I, that, I just meant like, dead, baby. <laughs> I just meant like that's part of the content. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, a fraction of solid thirty-seven percent of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say that's enough. Yeah, exactly. Can't have too much of a good thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, we, we don't want to spoil it too much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's my pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> so. Always leave him wanting more. Exactly. Or, or any. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, as um, you know, joining me this week is uh, someone who's no stranger to drowning himself in young men, Alan. Mm. Hello. <laughs> and joining us is our resident Jimmy Smith's lookalike, Ski. Oh, wow. I don't know about... He's got real dark eyes. I, mean, <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, Ski is a blonde hair, blue-eyed kind of a guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's the Aryan Jimmy Smith's. Right. <laughs> That's that's always been my nickname, uh-huh. <laughs> Smitty. Yeah, <laughs> Ski, and then the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, like I said, um, this is a show. It's kind of about the Golden Girls. Uh, we'll discuss an episode. Uh, you know, we'll award it a number of slices of cheesecake, give it an MVP, pick our best line, and then you know, hopefully get you out of here within the next hour. So, without further ado, here's Alan. I would say, looking at my recap that I have it here in front of me. Getting them out of here in an hour is a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> the smart money's on you being onto the next podcast right. <laughs> within the next 60 minutes. Even better money will get you. It'll be a better podcast <laughs> in 60 minutes, <laughs> whatever you're listening to next. <laughs> I mean, your next podcast will probably help you learn how to dispose of a body or <laughs> something. <laughs> we have none of that content here. A little glimpse into uh, the podcast that Brent's listening to. No, I, no, I just like I don't listen to them, um, but I hear like a lot of them are like, like true, true crime, crime podcasts yeah. and stuff. That seems to be the really popular. Yeah. If you had to pick one genre that seems to be more popular than others, mm-hmm. true crime seems to be the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, nowadays That's what puts too, the cheeks and seats. Yeah. Well, at least that seems to be the most popular when it's done by a person who you don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where they keep it a surprise. Well, whatever. no, I don't mean that. I just mean that it's like not someone famous. Exactly. Most of the hosts of those, they may have garnered a following, mm-hmm. but they're not people that were household names in advance, like a Conan O'Brien or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So, How would you feel if I did a true crime podcast, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but like I was trying to be like really suspicious about like who the killer was, <laughs> you know, but it's like painfully obvious to everybody that the killer was John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say yourself. <laughs> it's painfully, painfully obvious. So, yeah, maybe maybe the closets. I don't know. Maybe the, sounded like a good idea at the time, you know? I like the idea that you stretch it out to like a full year of episodes, like 52 weeks. <laughs> and then at the end, you're like, and we came to the conclusion that all of the evidence that clearly pointed in one direction was correct. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put this one to bed. Right. All, yeah, all, Including yeah. the confession. <laughs> all witness testimony. <laughs> the video evidence of the confession of the murderer. <laughs> Turns so, out it was a more open and shut case than I originally thought. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You know, after 52 weeks of analyzing the evidence, people, I think we can all agree that Lincoln's killer 
was not the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd have the like the sound like bum bum bum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? Uh, well, before I jump into the episode, I did have one quick uh, interaction to mention. Um, I had posted this was on our season five recap. Okay. And I, I you know made something like oh there's nothing better than a recap of recaps. Uh-huh, um, yeah. And. Uh, and Jennifer, uh-huh. Metal Spice, yeah, yeah. Uh, she had posted a meme of Mr. Burns. Oh, yeah. Saying, <laughs> mm-hmm. So to summarize. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Anybody who's putting the little Simpsons in there is definitely going to get a mention. Absolutely. So, definitely so. deserved. Do either of you two have anything else to add before I jump into the recap? Um, Nate. I thank all of our listeners, and I hope they're doing well. Yeah. yeah. I do, too. hope mm-hmm. they're doing well. Yeah. They'll I, get this one in, what, September or so? Oh, let's see. We're talking. Yeah, yep. September. It'll be probably near to the end of September oh, when they're listening to this. Yeah. Wake me up when September ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time you're doing our next episode, I think you're doing our next recap, and that'll probably be hitting in October. Nice. So. Nice. My episode aired in October. Yeah, so did mine. Yeah, uh, so about a little thirteenth or so. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, season six, episode four. Snap out of it. Original air date was October 13th, 1990, mm-hmm. uh, written by Richard Vassy and Tracy Gamble, mm. and directed by Matthew Diamond. Yeah. Is Matthew Diamond directing almost all of the season? I think so. Uh, this is his fourth of 21 episodes. But it's fourth out of the four of the season, correct? Oh, correct. you mean four? He does 21 this season? Um, This season and next. Oh, okay. So, but he, he's four for four this season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Correct. So. Uh, well, we start uh, season one. We just like to, or you know, not season one. Go ahead. Take a moment to, you know, acknowledge since you guys aren't that I knew off the top of my head that he did twenty-one episodes, oh. and that this is. The <laughs> <laughs> I think the two of you are taking me for granted. Hey, listen, <laughs> good job. Ski already got down under the table on the last episode about your <laughs> musical knowledge. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry that I didn't give you your props <laughs> on knowing the twenty-one. Off the top of your head, but I thought I sounded, you know, uh, suitably impressed with your knowledge <laughs> without actually saying it. <laughs> I'm just saying, if we're going to Were get we this... too dismissive? Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> moved, gonna... moved on too quick, did we? <laughs> if we're going to get this episode to an hour, an easy way to do it is compliment me. <laughs> right. <laughs> be one painful hour. <laughs> Like when Steve was under the table. Right. Wow, I that's that's insulting in so many ways. I just believe you let it go on for an hour. <laughs> you know, I know a lot about baseball. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have to distract yourself. I think all you have to do is focus on that. What was actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the Lynchian experience of being pleasured by Jimmy Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Aryan Jimmy Smith. Yeah. That was one of my favorite Kevin Smith things. This podcast was the first podcast that you introduced me to that, yeah. and it was the first one that I ever listened to. And he was talking about this situation, this hypothetical of like that he, uh, you know, pleasures a bank robber to save lives or something <laughs> like that. And he's like, you know, of course, he's like, why would he want that? This, you know, very poor quality, reluctant <laughs> um, servicing. 
and, the, and the, like on the news, they would be they'd have something like "hero" with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I save lives. <laughs> Give me my due. Right. <laughs> but anyways, all right. <sighs> So, uh, orange juice, heart attacks, and stolen comedy bits begin this episode <laughs> with Sophia coming into the kitchen like Red Fox suffering the big one and Dorothy <laughs> responding to the ruse like Ralph Cramden. Uh, much like Brent, Sophia enjoys yanking a chain to start each day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose comes in looking for Blanche uh, just as she is being dropped off by a young man trying to raise money for his school trip. I was trying to look up what things uh, people sell magazines for, like uh, that scam, and yeah, that was yeah. one that I thought um, <laughs> was a pretty common one. Trip to Washington. DC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we we find out Is that a uh, dating an eighth grader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. gee, lady. What it reminded me of is that uh, Orlando Jones is in. Um, oh, what is it? Office uh, space. Off, office space. Yeah, and he's selling magazines door to door in that. And so I thought about doing an Orlando Jones reference. But I thought that's so specific. Yeah, I would have got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's acting like he's a crackhead or ex-crackhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, guys, I don't really do this. I used to work at, like, some other tech company. Yeah, but I make more money doing this. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. um, they, didn't they, like, say, hey, how do you sell crack? <laughs> like, they were asking, like, yeah. how he makes his money, like, with crime. <laughs> like, I don't really know. You've seen Office Space, though, correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But, yeah, that would be such a deep cut, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, we find out that uh, Blanche's annual trip to Mr. Ha-Ha's Hot Dog Hacienda <laughs> is coming up, <laughs> and uh, apparently she always bangs younger men around this time of year. Uh, she insists they don't acknowledge her birthday and rushes out of the kitchen. Uh, Rose, of course, says that she's going to plan her surprise party uh-huh. as soon as she leaves. Um, she heads out also, and Sophia asks Dorothy for help with delivering Meals on Wheels. Uh, Dorothy says she can't because she has a date with the uh, future ski, a.k.a. Thyroid Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the scene ends with Dorothy relenting and agreeing to uh, cancel the date. And Oh, and then Sophia acts like she mistook Dorothy's name for Gloria's, but in fact did intend to say there would be more dates for Gloria. Uh-huh. So I thought about using Ski's name in the yanking chain part, but then when it, they said the thyroid Freddy, I had to use Ski's name in that yeah. part. Um, <laughs> So that's why you got subbed in. Gotcha. That's <laughs> um, did you guys have anything else for that opening scene? Nah. Is yeah. is it may be coming up still? I may be I'm looking too far ahead. Is this the part yet where uh, Blanche needs reassurance from uh, Sophia? No, not quite yet. That, okay. That's a bit later on. I do like though that right off the bat in our first scene we get A and B story both set up. So we got the Meals on Wheels. Now, granted, they haven't gotten into the crux of the Meals on Wheels mm-hmm. part. But, crux um, of the biscuit. Exactly. <laughs> um, but at least we have both, both mm-hmm. A and B stories mm-hmm. uh, well on their ways. Um, well, we get into scene two, and now we're in the hallway of the uh, building for shut-ins or whatnot, <laughs> um, where Sophia and Dorothy are delivering, delivering the aforementioned meals. Um, at one door, uh, Sophia tells Dorothy to just leave it outside the door. And then a few moments later, uh, Dorothy sees a a perfectly healthy young man come out and collect the meal. Uh, She's kind of pissed off about this, which it is kind of a funny thing that, I don't know, in today's society, I guess we're more sensitive to the idea of like, I don't know what that person's situation might be. But Dorothy was like, this guy's scamming the system. He's perfectly (laughs) healthy and get his own meals. And 
feels it perfectly fine to confront him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like... You know, she calls him a young man, but he's 47. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was honestly shocked. We'll get to Martin Mull here, you uh-huh. know, at the end. But I've always thought of him as being this very, and he is a very successful actor, uh-huh. but I was surprised that that age, he really didn't have as much behind him as I thought he would have had. Uh-huh. And yeah. a lot of it came, I mean, Clue was a little before that. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of his success came post-Golden Girls um, yeah. time frame, which I was a little wow. surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised by that, too. So. At least a lot of his more well-known roles. Like anyway. the way he looked in this episode, I thought that was prime well, time think, for him. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he just he stopped doing the stand-up and started focusing on the acting. Oh, okay, fair yeah. enough. That makes sense. Uh, well, Sophia reacts. Um, well, Dorothy sees the the young man come out and collect the meal. Well, yeah, go ahead. So I'll talk about him later. Never mind. Okay. Um, well, you can say more about him now if you like. No, no, I don't want to. Okay, you want to save it up? Yeah. All right. Well, Sophia reacts to this saying. Just be home before midnight, Dorothy, which I thought was a funny mm-hmm. line. Uh, we find out the man, Jimmy, uh, has a psychiatric disability. Jimmy Smith? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hasn't left his apartment in 22 years. Uh, and, of course, you know, they play that up with him having a style that would be roughly 22 yeah. years old 68. at that point. Yeah, Very hippie style. I'll tell you what, though. That man meticulously maintains his clothing. <laughs> yeah, they look not very, tattered at all. Yeah, they look fresh off the rack. Uh-huh. I guess if you've been in a hotel or a room for twenty-two years, though, you got nothing but uh, time to maintain your stuff. Yeah, I, I guess so. Keep everything nice and clean. Yeah, but you got to applaud the fact that he is like putting on clothes. Right. You know, <laughs> like after twenty-two years, and he hasn't given up and just stumbling around in pajamas or naked or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been working from home for three years, and I barely put on <laughs> fresh clothes. Well, we recorded on two non-consecutive nights, and you've been in the same clothes from like three days prior. Uh, yeah, that did happen once. But that that was a rarity, but it did happen. I I have to admit. Um, He's also maintained his you know somewhat trim physique, like. He's not <laughs> like he's not like a huge fat guy. He's, okay, <laughs> he's talking about Martin Mole. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not taking a shot at me. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I thought it was obvious. <laughs> it's like man, how long you got that arrow in the quiver? Yeah, yeah it really would be a. A real shit thing. Yeah, and look, he's even maintained his trim physique. Friend. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, I'll show you who thyroid Freddy is, motherfucker. Yeah, no, I know Ski well enough to know that's not the kind of shot he would typically take. <laughs> Well, especially, too, because he'd be taking it to an extreme, too. Yeah. Not only would he just be saying his trim physique, but yeah. <laughs> then even, like, he didn't become a big fat ass or whatever it was yeah. that he said. Exactly. <laughs> just to put a little sarcastic polish on that jab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As he stares me in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> All I was saying was after 22 years, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. not let himself go real bad. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely kept himself uh, yeah. pretty fit for, yeah. for having only the apartment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or whatever he's, he's doing body weight exercises. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of that uh, isometric or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. oh, what was it on uh, Simpsons? The one high, yeah, uh, yeah, two high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Iroquois squats or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Think about it now. That's pretty racist too. <laughs> There's so much that is. <laughs> we're, we're all trying to do better as humans, um, but it's a slow process. I wouldn't say all. Well, that's true. <laughs> Many of us are trying to do better, but uh, anyways, um. Well, we're we're in the living room now, and I learned that Dorothy has continued to work with Meals on Wheels, and specifically with Jimmy. Uh, Blanche reminisces about her father shooting peaceniks with the BB gun, and Dorothy says, "Come on, honey. Come on." Uh, she says, "Come on, honey. I'm sure Grand Dragon, I mean Big Daddy, is always with you." Uh, after an exchange, Blanche asks Sophia for advice on her birthday blues, and this is where uh, I think Ski was alluding <laughs> to. She responds. Uh, with the wisdom, uh, you're old, you sag, get over it. So what if you knew Jesus personally? Wake up and smell the coffee, you fossil. And Blanche replies, uh, my mistake. I thought since you looked like Yoda, you were also wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was my favorite line. I like that there was two solid Blanche references that like hit on things that I enjoy <laughs> in this episode. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you get Simpsons and Star Wars from Blanche in the same episode. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Was it Simpsons last week? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, yeah. so Yard in sale. consecutive weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Sorry, I, I had watched them back-to-back, and so yeah, they yeah. run together they a little bit. They do blend together. But, uh, yeah, when that last episode, we didn't get any closure. So as far yeah. as I'm concerned, it's <laughs> 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 just a continuation. Um, yeah. Well, uh, two weeks from now, we'll get some closure of the last week. Okay, good deal. Uh, well, Blanche exits, and Rose enters, and, and Jimmy calls. Uh, Dorothy asks what's new with them, and then follows up, oh, of course, nothing. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy tells Dorothy that he's tired of being isolated, and uh, she heads out to uh, complete her miracle of mm-hmm. you know breaking mm-hmm. this man's cycle of 22 years <laughs> of agoraphobia um, or, or what whatever malady be. Is it agoraphobia or agoraphobia? Agoraphobia, yeah, you're yeah, right. Agora. Agoraphobia is probably fear of farms. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, this is another one of those episodes though where. The uh, Golden Girls seem to have the idea that they can break these lifelong problems. Yeah, they, they with, seem to be a little bit vain on that end. Yeah, with incredibly minimal amount of effort, just like kicking Rose's 20-year <laughs> drug addiction. Overnight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was that easy exactly. all along. Do you guys have anything else to add before I go into the next scene? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. We're burning right through. Yay. <laughs> I mean, do you guys want to hear an o- St. Olaf story? Sure. <laughs> Just make something up off the cuff. You should. That should be like a, a ski reoccurring thing. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Ski Saint Olaf. Mm-hmm. I bet you could come up with a fine Saint Olaf story. You know what? I will try to make that my uh, reoccurring thing. Yay! Thank you. I'll be looking forward to it. Um, well, so now we're back in the, in the show. <laughs> Dorothy shows up at Jimmy's door and gets him to take a couple steps into the hallway. Uh, Jimmy notes that uh, it's been so many years inside. I forgot how much I love to travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that one. That was probably my favorite line that Martin Mull had in this episode. Yeah, yeah it was good. Uh, Dorothy mentions him uh, going to a counselor, and we find out that the only place Jimmy wants to go with Dorothy is to Pound Town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, Jimmy has fallen head over heels for Dorothy. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you don't see anybody for 22 years. <laughs> um, Dorothy tells him that she doesn't like him that way, um, and he uh, kicks her out, vowing to never leave the apartment again. 
Which, you know, I mean, eventually he's going to die. <laughs> so that's yeah. a vow he can't really keep. Doesn't he, like, kind of go off on this tangent also about, like, I bet you're a heartbreaker with all the guys, aren't you? Yeah. You just, you know, leave a trail of tears everywhere you go. Yeah, and I like the Dorothy kind of went along. It's like, yes, yeah. That's me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way I live my life. Right. Um, yeah, it was uh, a little bit overly dramatic, I would say, in that scene. I mean, granted, I understand that, you know, he has these these various issues. I don't necessarily know that I think that would make him totally delusional um, as far as the this person who, I, I guess we don't know how long Dorothy's been going over. We know time has passed and that she's mm-hmm. continued with him as her pet project. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we don't know. Maybe she's been going over there for two or three months at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it all we've seen is long, two though. times. <laughs> yeah, it's long enough that Blanche hasn't had her birthday yet. Right, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I didn't think about that. I guess they're going over there every day. Yeah, <laughs> three times <laughs> breakfast, <laughs> lunch, and dinner. Right. Well, um, one, one thing that uh, the very beginning of the uh, episode has, though, is it seems ambivalent, mm-hmm. like, or ambiguous rather, that Blanche's birthday is coming up. Like they don't know the exact date. Right. I think later on we talk about they don't know the year, which I get that. Mm-hmm. But they've been friends for at least like five years at this point, right? Yeah. They don't know the exact day. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's had birthday parties for her before. Yeah. Because they had the conga line with her former suitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Of course, that uh, was season one, so yeah, lots so. changed. <laughs> exactly. No continuity needed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought that, uh, well, I know a little later on this, I may be getting a bit ahead of this episode, but there's something where they're trying to find her information on documents, mm-hmm. and yeah. all of it's been redacted Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, by some judge that she had likely had relations with. At least I think that's what the implication some is. Some type of bribery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have to go all the way back to Georgia to find out mm-hmm. you know, her history. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, well, she did have uh, relations with Jimmy Carter. That's when true. He was a guy. <laughs> yeah, he could make it happen for right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we're in the kitchen again. Uh, Rose and Sophia are trying to comfort Dorothy, uh, you know, about the fact that she failed uh, apparently. Mm-hmm. And Rose talks about a, a magnificent black hole in Saint Olaf that people used to stand around and look in, throw things in. One guy, I think, peed in there occasionally <laughs> or something along those lines. Uh, Dorothy uh, goes to call Jimmy, and Sophia stops her, reminding her that about uh, reminding her of her gambling addiction. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of funny. She doesn't actually remind her of her gambling addiction, but she's like, as the Lord said, no when to hold him, no when to fold him, <laughs> no when to walk away, no when to run. Seems like she should have whipped that one out a little earlier <laughs> yeah. this season. Exactly. <laughs> it paid off four weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, or late last season. Yeah. I think she says something to the effect of that uh, Kenny Rogers isn't the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. But, but he does have a white beard. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a real weird-looking face, uh, at least. No. He, he died recently. Or is he still chugging along? I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like he might have died recently, but I could be totally wrong on that. Yeah. i have to look it up. Yeah. Anyways, uh, well, Dorothy asked Rose about going uh, with them to deliver meals, mm-hmm. um, but Rose is too busy planning Blanche's party. Blanche over here since states that you can stay, uh, you can stay 42 forever, if you eat right, exercise regularly, and live with women that look a lot older than you, mm-hmm. which I thought was a pretty solid slam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And like you said, I guess I didn't think about that aspect of it. Uh, you know, because Dorothy has gotten so invested in Jimmy, it really feels like that should be a long-term thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not something that would have happened over the course of a couple of days yeah. at most. Also dead. Right. March 20th, 2022. Oh, okay. 2020. 
2020? Okay. Yeah, that's okay. it. So he knew when to fold them, I guess. <laughs> Pre-COVID. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm getting out. He's like, yeah this, yeah, this is not for me. I'm... <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, if you're going to go, <laughs> you know, if you, if you had already had a nice long life, then, uh-huh. you know, when the world's about to go to shit. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, they're going to blame it on the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> not my roasters. Exactly. <laughs> I can't bear it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He didn't die of COVID. He died of a broken heart. <laughs> Wasn't there a Seinfeld episode where they like blasted Kenny Rogers roasters or something? Um, they put in one across the street from Kramer's apartment. It had like a giant red sign or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it threw off his rods and cones. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> See, Seinfeld is a show. I've watched a lot of episodes of it, but uh-huh. but it was never something I watched on a really consistent mm-hmm. basis. It was always in yeah. reruns when I yeah, did yeah. see it. So I know there's a lot of holes in my Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Um, like I remember I watched... correctly that episode one, like Kramer, even though he was like suffering from it, was addicted to the chicken. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Like I watched it religiously, you know, when it was on, and what then kind of prayers it... would you do? Hmm? You said you watched it religiously. I'm assuming you <laughs> had some kind of like <laughs> yeah, just the, you know, glasses and spectacle and cups and whatever the thing is. <laughs> What's the thing? I don't know. <laughs> like the whatever, whatever wallet watch. Like the, Yeah, the, yeah, like when you touch yourself. Yeah, like something testicles. Spectacles, wa- testicles, wallet watch. Yeah, there So I'd watch it, and then I watched it in syndication or whatever. But um, we did a rewatch of it um, a few years ago, and it held up even then. So Yeah, I could definitely imagine being a show that would hold up pretty well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it. Like Friends, you look back and there's so much objectionable content in it mm-hmm. nowadays yeah. that I think it does lose something. But I don't remember Seinfeld having a lot in that way. No, and whatever it did have, it was one of those things that, you know, those four weren't meant to be as likable as the Friends. True, yeah. So it's like, okay, well, they're bad people. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> in the name of the Jerry, George, Elaine, and Kramer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we get into uh, scene six at this point. Um, we're returning to the apartment building now, and uh, Dorothy delivers uh, meals and gets. Uh, okay. Hello. Welcome to ah, Sophia's okay. Choice, the Golden Girls <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this week, our recap will be by Alan. <laughs> if I can finish it, shit. here's part two. <laughs> I needed to pad out the episode a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good if I lost my place uh, for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so we're returning to the apartment building. Start back over from the top. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're only at about 30 minutes so far. So, so there you go. That'll get us the hour. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, we're in the. We're in the apartment building now, and Dorothy uh, is delivering a meal and gets Jimmy to let her in yeah. by reciting the members of the Chicago 7 in yeah. a sultry voice. <laughs> I really <laughs> like that. I mean, it was kind of goofy, but it was funny. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that is uh, my... Yay! <laughs> it, it's not a deep dive. No. <laughs> it's a, I don't even know if it qualifies as a puddle jump. It's, it's a nugget <laughs> okay. of uh, information, but... The Chicago 7 were seven defendants charged by the United States federal government with conspiracy. Who's your favorite? Uh, who's my favorite of the Chicago 7? Yeah, my uh, daddy Hoffman. Yeah, same here. Nice. Um, crossing state lines with intent to incite a riot and other charges related to anti-Vietnam War and 1960s counterculture protests mm-hmm. in Chicago uh, during the 1968 Democratic National Convention, uh-huh. specifically. Uh, do you have something you wanted to add before I do the next paragraph? Of I'll this? wait till you finish. Oh, okay. Uh, 
All of the defendants were charged with an acquitted of conspiracy. Five were charged with and convicted of crossing straight lines with intent to incite a riot. Two were charged with teaching demonstrators how to construct incendiary devices and acquitted uh-huh. of those charges. Uh-huh. All of the convictions were later reversed on appeal. Uh, while the jury deliberated, the judge convicted the defendants and their attorneys uh, for contempt of court and sentenced them to jail sentences ranging from about three months to four years. Mm-hmm. Those convictions were later reversed on appeal, yeah. and uh, some were retried before a different judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the beginning of the trial in 1969, the defendants and their attorneys uh, had been depicted in a variety of art forms, including film, music, and theater. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the movie? There's a little... It's yeah, a, the Aaron Sorkin one. Have not. Mm-hmm. It's very well done. But yeah. I think Brent has a bit to add on this uh, Chicago 7 subject. So Abby Hoffman wrote a book called uh, Steal This Book. Okay. And basically, like, he advocated for, you know, basically stealing the book. Oh, okay. Um, I paid good money, not good money, paid like six bucks for the paperback <laughs> or whatever. Um, do you guys remember when there used to be a bookstore at the Taylorsville Outlet Mall? The where? Mm-mm. The outlet mall down in Taylorsville. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyways, that's where I purchased it from instead of stealing it. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it a great book, and in addition to like advocating the stealing of the book, it had all these random things on there, how to stick it to the man. Uh-uh. Um, and it was like, if you buy a number 10 washer, you know, with the hardware store, you know, it'll only cost you two cents, but the payphones think it's a dime. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just random stuff that, you know, a 15-year-old doesn't really necessarily need to know. Right. You know? But there was an entire chapter on how to make pipe bombs. Wow. <laughs> and... I got, and I still you don't remember. want to skimp on the instructions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, you can just use whatever. Lose a thumb. Right. Um, is that a Chewbacca? But I still, yeah, it is. Um, Brent, sorry, guys. Brent uh, got his little keychain. I thought it was a Chewbacca yeah. Lego guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. There's a, there's a story behind that. I'll tell you off the air. Um, so the, yeah. So it was the whole chapter and like how to build a pipe bomb, and I still remember like the gist of it and like the important little factoids. Oh. And I was, it's not something I'm going to say out loud because we're not that kind of <laughs> not that kind of podcast or whatever. That but would it, change the tone of the entire episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just remember like reading that book in high school, mm-hmm. like between classes or whatever, just <laughs> reading about how to make pipe bombs or whatever. <laughs> and like thinking back, I was like, I'm surprised like a teacher didn't walk by, look over my shoulder and right. <laughs> get me flagged, or if it was just a a teacher did. It was like, boys will be boys. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean... Nowadays. Exactly, that's exactly. what I was going to say. I mean, at the time, they probably would have been looked at as like, oh, that's just, you know, high school silliness. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, nowadays it would be like, uh-oh, like, red flag. A, exactly, <laughs> got to contact all the parents in the district. <laughs> mm-hmm. I felt like there was another little part that I wanted to ask in there, but I don't remember now. So, but Abby, that she's your favorite because of the book that taught you... Abby Hoffman. Abby yeah. Hoffman. Yes, okay. he is. He is. Oh, is it a man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. They're all guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I don't think I've ever heard the name Abby as a man's name before. Yeah. Well, to that end, uh, one of the uh, people on the show was Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm, that's uh, true. Matt, Sasha was a guy. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Or uh, Abby, probably short for Abner or yeah, something. Yeah, maybe so. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, after uh, so Dorothy and and Jimmy get to talking about the different things that he's missing out on. Uh, you know, as far as, you know, looking, apparently his window looks out over, you know, the street where there's a supermarket right across the street. So he sees quite a bit of hustle and bustle. Back and forth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people, people hauling traffic. their pork. Exactly. And, uh, you know, couples walking together and whatnot and uh-huh. the different things he's missed out on. And so they, they have this kind of heart at, heart-to-heart about, you know, everything that he's missing out on that he would like to be part of society or, or uh-huh. have those things in his life as well. 
Um, and so Dorothy does convince him to go to the uh, supermarket that's across the street, um, reacting uh, far too nonchalantly, in my opinion, about her car being towed. Uh-huh. And because as they're looking out the window, <laughs> she's like, my car is getting towed. I feel like I'd be like, hold up here, Jimmy. And I'd be running down. I'd be opening mm-hmm. the window and screaming out. I wouldn't just be like, oh, yeah. well. Yeah. Well, that later, I guess. You know. I guess. I mean, if it's already being pulled away. Yeah. Um, they're but. so strapped for cash all the time. You think that would be a... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're going to be paying at least 50 bucks to get that out of mm-hmm. hock. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, anyways, well, so immediately after this, uh, it, the scene sort of continues. I don't think they probably even went to commercial, at least the way the cut looked. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in the supermarket now where, you know, Jimmy is doing okay initially. You yeah, know, he's yeah. looking around. He's tentative. Still, yeah, he's walking a little slowly, but still walking. Yeah. Kind of walking a little bit like he has a stick up his butt or something like that, like kind of oddly, but like you're dragging him versus his it, walking on his own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good analogy. But of course, he gets in there, and then he ends up being the one millionth customer, which uh-huh. I don't know how a store would ever count that. That's a ridiculous thing for uh-huh. a store to celebrate because <laughs> it'd be impossible to know. You could possibly know your one millionth transaction, uh-huh. but you couldn't right. know the millionth person that walked what into he, the store. What if he goes there? What if he's stealing things? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but all these alarms go off, confetti's coming down, streamers mm-hmm. coming down. There's an announcer that comes out to yeah. announce it that apparently was waiting in the wings with what looked like a camera crew. Uh-huh. And then Jimmy goes, you know, screaming off out the door. Uh-huh. And, and Dorothy's kind of looking on like, oh, shoot. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Bad luck. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, we get into the final scene now, and it starts off in the living room with uh, Rose lying about her weight and Blanche lying about her age, and the two of them just accepting the lies yeah, and yeah. going on, <laughs> which I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy and Sophia walk in with uh, Dorothy, you know, of course, really upset, assuming that she's ruined Jimmy's life yeah. with trying to push him towards this situation that ended up being so traumatic for him. Yeah. Um, but in a true sitcom fashion, Jimmy shows up having significantly conquered his fears. Uh-huh. He <laughs> walked all the way there. Exactly. How did he know where she lived? That's, That's a, a very odd. good question. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Apparently these two... Maybe have... the old yellow pages? Could they, be. Did they have... Or white pages, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did they have... They had phone numbers. Did they have addresses? I think a lot of them did, actually. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Although it probably would have been under Blanche's name, so he would have had to know Blanche. Yeah, it depends on how long she'd been going there and how much she talked about her friends and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, Jimmy, he's a resourceful young man. Apparently, yeah, he, got, he had nothing young. but time before. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's really he studied did. that phone book. <laughs> He's researched. Um, but he, uh, you know, basically is like, yeah, I, I do want to, you know, continue this. And mm-hmm. um, I, I know that it's going to be hard and, and all those kind of things about how it'll be a difficult road. But mm-hmm. he wants to continue on with it. Yeah. And it's weird because initially it, it looks like that. Well, I think Blanche and uh, not Blanche, yeah, Blanche and Rose say they're going to go in to get coffee. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they don't even make it to the kitchen mm-hmm. uh, because then a moment later, you know, when they introduce themselves to Jimmy and then Blanche heads into the kitchen, then we hear a loud surprise. Or actually, <laughs> I think Jimmy goes in there also to get coffee. Yeah, um, we hear the big surprise, and then Jimmy comes tearing out, you know, uh, screaming <laughs> and running out the front door. Yeah. And then that's when we find out that that's uh, where Blanche's surprise party was at mm-hmm. with, you know, many of her male suitors. That yeah, she it only showed time. like three or four come out of the yeah. kitchen, but we're led to believe there were a bevy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and she asked uh, ask Rose how she knew exactly what she needed. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, ends the episode. So we... Uh, this we, being the... Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to I was going to This being the second instance of... Uh, you said it was a birthday party the first time where she had the... Man, conga line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
they seem all real confident and, and secure in the fact that they're just each one of them one of at least many yeah, at least men. Yeah, 20, it would seem, or they all showed that ballpark. Up to, didn't, yeah, I don't know. I think I would be insecure about <laughs> just like, oh, maybe I wasn't a special person to yeah. her. Well, I mean, those you go to McDonald's, you get mad they made a Big Mac before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, would I guess if I knew Blanche's deal, yeah, that does change things. <laughs> But in, in previous episodes, though, she makes each guy seem like they're special to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I bet if he went to McDonald's and he saw a Big Mac sitting there that 17 other guys had banged, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't feel as good about it. Uh-huh. And 17 bites out of it. Like, yeah, ah, exactly. It's not all gone yet. Yeah. Um, and I'm hungry. Uh-huh. Well, my whole thing, though, it's not so much like the confidence of like your own abilities or whatever. It'd be, is it worth my time? I'm I'm vying against these huge number of other dudes, <laughs> and mostly I'm just going to be hanging out with these other guys. I'm just saying, only one Blanche. I mean, I'm just saying it would be very uncomfortable. Sure, <laughs> like, yeah. How do you know Blanche? Oh, yeah. he used to bang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like it's pretty well known. Like, yeah, you know, Blanche, she's a fun-timing girl, you know. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it does seem like it'd be an odd thing to have that many guys who are all... Essentially coming for the opportunity yeah. to wish Blanche a happy birthday well, in a I mean, special like, way. So you get a, you know, just a random phone call from Rose. Like, mm. hey, having a birthday party for Blanche. Do you follow up with, well, how many dudes are going to be there? Or do you say, oh, yeah, I'd love to attend. I guess I say, yeah, I'd love to attend. But then when I got there and I was like crammed into a kitchen uh, with, you know. Sausage oh, fest. I forgot <laughs> I got to go to the dentist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we had three guest actors in that episode that you know had speaking roles at least. Uh, Danny Breen, he played the MC. You know the guy with I thought the, it was Brian. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's two E's, so I'm pretty sure it's Breen. <laughs> but I don't want to uh, contradict you. Um, he had uh, this is his only Golden Girls, 56 titles overall, um, 60 episodes of not necessarily the news nice. as a Steve Casper, but none of his other stuff was particularly notable. Yeah. Uh, we also had Lenore Woodward. She played Mrs. Taylor. Uh, 20 titles for her, and this was her only Golden Girls. And then, of course, uh, Martin Mull played Jimmy with Yay. 282 titles for him. Only Golden Girls, uh, but he had long runs on things. Uh, like you said, it was like he started off uh, with uh, Mary Hart, Mary Hart, with 49 episodes of that as both Barth and Garth Gimble. Yeah. I don't know if he played brothers on that show yeah, or yeah, just yeah. okay, did he? Yeah, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh yeah. Did I say Hart? Yeah, Mary yeah. Hartman, sorry. Um it's not the Entertainment Tonight biopic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh then of course Colonel Mustard on Clue. Yeah, yeah. Um and then, you know, he, he maybe that was the period of time when he was doing uh or prior to Clue, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. it was when he was really into the stand up. Um yeah. because there wasn't a whole lot of a lot of stuff, but just nothing where you'd be like, oh, I remember him from that. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, he also played uh, Leon on 49 episodes of uh, Roseanne. Mm-hmm. He did have one episode of The Simpsons, which I always like to mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, he was a hippie in that, too. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And the name of the episode was Doe in, in the Wind. Uh-huh. Um, I like that name. That's the one where they uh, want Jimi Hendrix to come pick up his dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, 73 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, mm-hmm. and seven episodes... Yeah, he was on that. Yeah, uh, se- yeah, he was a principal craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then seven episodes of Arrested Development yeah. as Gene Parmesan. Yeah. Did you remember him from that? Did you watch Arrested Development? I've not seen all of it. I've seen... And I, as far as contiguous episodes, probably only the first season, if the full. Mm-hmm. 
Like well, I've seen little pieces here and yeah. there as well, but. Well, he was a private investigator that would help out. Uh, what's the mom's name on that? Uh, Lucille. Yeah, Lucille uh, for different things. And she looked at him as being like a master of disguise, and he would just like <laughs> take a hat off and be like, "It's me." And she's like, "Ah!" Yeah. <laughs> just just a baseball cap. Or yeah. But yeah, I don't think he's, I'd seen him on that show. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty yeah. solid, and he's been solid in everything I've seen him in. He um like so we we're watching, and um Emily was like, "What was he on?" And you know, and I I mentioned oh, I didn't mention the Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, but I was like, you know, Arrested Development and Roseanne and Cool Kids and cool kids, yeah. Clue and everything. And she's like, no, something else. I was like, well, I don't know. He's been in a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was like naming off the stuff that her and I had watched together. Right. <laughs> so. Um, you, she was expecting you to break out the IMDb page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go through all 286 credits exactly. until she hit the one. It's like Fernwood tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that's uh, that's all I had for him. That's all I have yeah. for my recap. Well, that's enough for him to be my MVP. Mm. Who was your Um well, This one, I think I picked uh, Dorothy because oh, yeah. she, you know. Went the extra mile to help someone out, whether she Trying was Trying to be kinda, the change. Yeah, whether she was uh, really, I think she was well-intentioned, whether she did a great job for him or not, but ultimately yeah. it worked out for him. Yeah. yeah. I gave it to Blanche. I actually thought she had some of the better lines in this episode, even though really? she didn't want people to know her age. I didn't think that it made her a particularly horrible person. I think a lot of times just her... Just vain? Yeah, just vain, yeah. but not vain in a way that hurt other people, per se. Right, That's yeah, true. which is a nice change of pace, because yeah. sometimes... She's vain in a way that affects others. Yeah, or she's selfish in a certain way or whatever. But She puts other people down in order to build herself up. And the only time she even put anybody else down in this episode was just when she was pissed off because they wouldn't quit bugging her about her age. Mm -hmm. Well, she did have the great line to Sophia about Yoda. Oh, well, yeah, but that was after Yoda. Yoda, After Sophia said, you know, a bunch of crappy stuff to her as far as... So So how many slices did you give it, Stu? Um, I think this one I just gave it a four. Okay. I think it was a very average episode. I only gave it three and a half. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, it was probably one of my least uh, favorite performances of Martin Mull. Really? <laughs> seen, yeah. See, I gave it five and a half because of Martin Mull. No, it was too over the top for certain parts of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Grant, I know it's it's difficult to play. Uh, back at the time, there people didn't play anything like that with the idea of sensitivity in mind. It was just played for comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, the idea of like running, screaming out, or running out, screaming, <laughs> waving your arms in the air, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, it was a little bit, uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't care for that aspect of it, and mm-hmm. I just didn't think they gave him enough uh, funny lines, in my opinion. Oh, really? Yeah, to really stretch. Even his though he loved to travel. That was his one funny line. <laughs> that was like the one line that I thought was really good for me. I like this quirk about the Chicago 7. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's just a weird, weird specific fetish yeah. that I really got behind. Well, and I like that he talked about how loyal or whatever his fish was, then he realized the fish was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, feed fish. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I mean, I've really liked him in other things. And mm-hmm. this, I didn't dislike him, I just wasn't. I, when I saw it with him, I was, I guess I got my expectations real mm-hmm. high. Yeah. And then. Didn't live up to it, so yeah, that knocked its score down for me to just a paltry three and a half. Yeah. Would you have liked it better if they would have cast as Fernwood tonight co-star Fred Willard as that part? That would have been great. Yeah, yeah, I think I would have been down with that. How about Ed Begley Jr.? I like Ed Begley Jr., but if I had to pick between him and, uh, who did you just say? Fred Willard. Fred Willard, yeah. yeah. Um, then I would bring Fred, Fred Willard. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, at least Ed Begley Jr. is still kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
He was in uh, the Better Call Saul recently. Oh, yeah. Did you watch uh, Breaking? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's, yeah. that's, in my opinion, the biggest hole in your uh, pop culture, recent pop culture uh, yeah. lexicon. But mm-hmm. I, I still think you should watch that sometime. But he was good. Yeah, Better that. Call Saul is over now, right? They yeah, it just, just ended. Season, or mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. 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 Which means I can watch it now. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> so. so, cool. All right. Well, I think you've covered all the bases and everything. So mm-hmm. Okay. Further ado, if your name's Golden, please stay Coco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Flip that, please. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.